This is the Landscape Ontario podcast. I am Scott Barber. Today we are talking snow and ice management. This is an extremely important topic right now. In fact, there is a crisis going on uh, with snow contractors, many losing their insurance coverage, or they're seeing their premiums absolutely skyrocket. So first up, we're going to talk to LO's Executive Director, Tony DiGiovanni. He's going to talk about uh, what the association is doing on that front, what, uh, and also what you can do to help. And then the second part of the episode, we'll be joined with David Lammers. He's the president of Garden Grove Landscaping, based in Waterdown, Ontario. David's a real leader in the sector, and he's going to talk about uh, those challenges, as well as uh, some of the opportunities that he sees uh, going forward. So stay tuned. All of that is coming up right now. The Landscape Ontario podcast is sponsored by Dynascape Software. LO members save 15% on Dynascape products, software upgrades, and online training. Visit dynascape.com for details. So Tony, uh, I wanted to talk to you today about some of the things that are going on in the snow and ice uh, sector. Some of the things you're hearing from our members uh, right. at LO. Could you start off, just give us a bit of an overview of what's been going on? Sure. So, so about, um, I'd say about five months ago, I've been re- I have been started receiving calls from members who could not get insurance. Uh, and if they could get insurance, their insurance rates had sometimes doubled or tripled or quadrupled. And on top of that, their deductibles were, were higher. Uh, and, uh, you know, they were in a bit of a panic, you know. Uh, and so, uh, uh, and these calls kept coming in. Uh, so, so we looked into it and we asked our endorsed insurance broker, Marsh, what's, what's going on? And it turned out that, that uh, insurance companies, many insurance companies, had decided that they did not want to be in the snow, snow and ice business. And so they just basically went to their customers and said, we're not going to insure you. And then uh, the remaining companies, um, they also didn't want all the risk associated, so, so they jacked their prices up. Uh, or they forced uh, a, a lot more stringent risk management processes uh, on, the, uh, on, the, on the member. Uh, and that included making sure they didn't sign bad contracts and, and uh, that sort of thing. So, so that, that's, that's what happened. Um, and it's serious. And, and um, so, so at Congress this year, we decided to, to um, bring everybody together. I sent one email and 300 contractors showed up. Uh, and that meeting was intense, boy. I mean, there's a lot of the members are in pain uh, because if they don't have insurance, they can't do the work. And in fact, one of the members, uh, um, he, he just got up and said, look, I had to lay off 15 guys. You know, yeah. uh, very, very uh, terrible situation. Very sad. sad. That's right. Uh, and you know how hardworking our members are, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so to, 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 to lose their livelihood, man. So uh, it it's, it's quickly has become a huge issue for us. Uh, and uh, the, uh, there's a number of ways that, that we're dealing with it. Uh, and the most important way right now is a, a political solution. And there's, there's two aspects to this political solution. One is uh, a bill called Bill 118. And Bill 118, its goal is to um, reduce the statute of limitations from two years to 10 days. And that means that, that if someone does slip and fall, they have 10 days to actually report it. Right. And beyond 10 days, uh, then, then that's a statute of limitation. Um, there are um, uh, situations where they, they, you know, special situations where they can actually report beyond that. Uh, but the whole point is to, to reduce the number of slip and falls that have been increasing a huge amount right. based on um, the, um, all of the ads that you see uh, where basically the, the, uh, the, some of these personal injury lawyers are saying, uh, you know, if you fall, uh, just sue. You don't pay unless we, we collect, right? Come roll the dice. And, a, yeah. and I mean, that's one aspect of sure, it. Uh, sure. It's, it's more complex than yeah. that. But that, that aspect of it is huge. And I did verify with the insurance companies, the insurance broker, uh, saying, well, has there been a huge increase in slip and falls? And they said, absolutely there has. And, and that's what's what's causing the insurance companies uh, to, to, to pull out. Right, at least in slip and fall lawsuits. Yeah. I mean, who knows, uh, the that's actual right. slip and falls. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so that's, uh, uh, that's the main, uh, or actually that's a shorter term fix to this thing. And uh, what, we, what we did is uh, we sent out sample letters to the members and we said, you need to get political. 
this bill was, was put forward by Norm Miller, who had a snow and ice company in his area that, that uh, convinced him that action was, was needed. Norm Miller is from, he's an MPP from Muskoka. Um, you know, to us, he's a little bit of a hero that, that right. he actually took action. Uh, and uh, the bill has gone through two readings. Uh, the way it works in, in government, you have to actually go to three readings. So, so it's passed the second reading. The third reading, it, go, it goes to a committee. The committee is usually an all-party committee. And then they take the, the, uh, uh, the bill and look at it in real detail, uh, line by line. Uh, and then they, they um, uh, welcome dep depositions from all the stakeholders just to make sure that that bill is, is, uh, has been looked at from all angles. Mm -hmm. And then, it, then it'll, it'll go to a vote. And if it goes to a vote, that's the third reading aspect of it, and then it then it becomes law, and um, they, they, they the, the the process is called gazetting, okay. and it goes into the gazette, right. uh, and that and it's law. So so um, there is a, a really good chance that if all of our members, and that means you, <laughs> who I'm talking to, uh, if if you go to your local MPP, if you need a, a sample letter, I can send you a sample letter. Uh, but it works way better if, if you uh, send a letter to your MPP, better go visit your MPP and just let them know what you're facing. Right. And, uh, uh, and, and also copy me on the letter, copy the Attorney General, who's Doug Downey, uh, and copy Norm Miller, who, who uh, authored this bill. Um, and if you need any of that information, just give me a call or, or email me, Tony at LandscapeOntario.com. Uh, really easy, T-O-N-Y at LandscapeOntario.com. I'll send you all the information that you need. Uh, and together we can do this. You, know, uh, yeah. you were saying before, you know, we've actually seen um, some impact that just reaching out to yeah. your members of uh, the provincial legislature can have. Obviously, this whole process with this bill started with a couple companies up in uh, the Muskoka region right. reaching out to Norm Miller. And um, and you've also mentioned some other uh, some other uh, companies having success, yeah. reaching out and, and actually getting a response and having right. that connection. So yeah, I mean, just important. just today, um, one of the members called me, and and uh, a cabinet minister visited his place of business because he invited her, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it was a, a fantastic meeting. He, he was so excited he had to call me and, and say <laughs> this this really went well, and here's here's the report, and um, and you know. Uh, he was urging us to, to uh, uh, just just keep the pressure on. Go to your MPPs. I also had a, uh, an interesting call from the office of an NDP MPP okay. uh, in the London area uh, because members are, are uh, um, putting forth their, their, their concerns and usually MPPs want to uh, listen. I mean that's that's you know that's their constituency. That's that's how they get voted in. Mm -hmm. uh, and so even though it was an NDP uh, MPP, um, uh, they took the time to call us and find out what what we were what, what the issue was, you know. So I urge everyone, please. It's easy to super do. Important. <laughs> super yeah. important. Super important. Super important. So anyway, that's that's one aspect. That's called one one uh, eighteen bill one eighteen. Uh, if we reduce the statute of limitations from from two years to ten days. Uh, that's huge from a risk management perspective. Uh, and one thing that, that I will note, um, Landscape Ontario was actually uh, the uh, initiator behind changing the statute of limitations from seven years to two years. Right. And, and how I, long and that, was that? That was done about 22 years ago. Oh, wow. Years ago. Okay. Yeah. And in that case, uh, we were backed by uh, an MPP in, in Durham who, who just uh, listened to us and, and, and ran with it. Right. And, and uh, it, it was successful. So, so anyway, that, that's one aspect, Bill 118. Yeah. Uh, we also are part of another alliance, and um, this is a little bit different legislative remedy, uh, but it mimics what exists in New Hampshire. So, so and I'll go back a little bit. Um, we asked our lawyer uh, to look at the U.S. legislation, uh, legislative remedies, and because uh, in the U.S. there's a number of, of states that have uh, bills or, or legislation that reduces risk and limits liability, uh, or um, sometimes it, it's um, in, in Illinois, for example, they ha they have a, uh, um, a legislation that that bans hold harmless clauses, right, right. to make to make le the the contracts a little bit more mm -hmm. fair. Um, anyway, so so our lawyers, Laura came back and said um, you should mimic 
New Hampshire. And the way New Hampshire works is uh, the state developed an accreditation program that represents best practices, and particularly best practices that will reduce salt use. Okay. And uh, if those companies uh, take that course and they prove that they're professional and they've done everything they could possibly do based on standards, industry standards, then, then they, their liability is limited. Right. So, so, in, so what we did in Ontario um, is we created an alliance or we're part of an alliance that includes and actually is, is, um, uh, was initiated by the Lake Simcoe uh, Conservation Authority. It includes the World Wildlife Fund. It includes the Building Owners and Managers Association. includes a number of other property managers um, and a, a number of other environmental groups. Uh, and uh, we are trying to um, get a similar legislation to New Hampshire here. And the, uh, what's driving that, though, is an environmental, uh, environmental message. Mm -hmm. uh, what's happening in the stone ice business is that there's way too much salt used. And everybody recognizes it, uh, including the members. Sure. Uh, and it, it is a cost because a lot of, a lot of the contracts are salt inclusive. Right. Uh, but they still use way too much because uh, they need to prove in their documentation that they've done whatever they could possibly do to keep that area safe because they're afraid of, of, of it comes lawsuits. comes back full circle to Yeah, and, and not only that, the property managers are asking them to put more salt down for the same reason. They're worried too, yeah. 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 So, so It's not that, good for anybody. That's, yeah. that's right. Uh, and and uh, you know, you're now getting uh, saltwater species, uh, a fish growing, uh, you know, living in, in uh, freshwater lakes. I mean, it's not, it's not, not, good, not a good thing. Uh, and uh, so we're the green industry. We, we certainly want, want to um, be environmentally conscious. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so that's another, another uh, strategy. Uh, there are other strategies. This year, uh, the, we developed a risk management uh, document, uh, which is uh, available. And, and the risk management document was... Um, was developed by Marsh, who is our uh, endorsed uh, insurance broker, uh, who are specialists in risk management. And basically, it's a manual of best practices to, to reduce risk. Uh, at, at that meeting at Congress that I was talking about, uh, one of the members got on the mic and he said, uh, I'm really a risk management company that happens to do snow. Right. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting way of, of looking at it. Uh, but he, he was right. Yep. Right. So, so um, whenever there's an issue like this, uh, the, the, the easiest way to approach it initially is to look in the mirror. Right. We have control over our own practices. Mm -hmm. And so, so uh, we need to, to do whatever, whatever we can to enhance our professionalism, uh, to enhance our knowledge of risk management, to, to, to be better at um, documentation. Mm -hmm. uh, to use more technology to, to understand, um, you know, the, the specific weather conditions, uh, the, the temperature of, of the pavement, uh, and how much salt is being used. Um, and the technology is getting better and better uh, to mm -hmm. track all that stuff. Uh, and also, um, uh, we've been uh, asking our members to not sign contracts uh, that take, that give all the risk or transfer all the risk to them. Right. And so we have a, a standard form contract that, that we had done probably about 10 years ago, if not more. And uh, the approach, our approach to the standard form contract was uh, it needed to be fair to all parties. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't try to, to transfer risk. Uh, we said, you know what, if this is going to work, it needs to be fair to all parties. And so we asked our lawyer to actually develop it that way. Uh, and we've encouraged members to use it. Uh, not all can. Right. That's the hard uh, yeah. part, right? Is is how uh, you know how, how often um, in your experience talking to members, you know, are there situations where you know large property managers basically you know that's yeah. what they're going to demand. That's right. Especially that's the tough yeah, especially the national or international property management companies. They say that you know you use our contract or, or, or too bad. And they have the leverage yeah. in, Th in that's some right. cases. Yeah. Uh, well, the reality is uh, they think they have leverage. Right. The reality is, if they don't, if our members don't do snow, then then ultimately they're always uh, liable. Always, it's true. It's called yeah. the Occupier's Liability Act. It's it's you, they can't transfer their liability. They can't. They can try. Right. You know. Um, in fact, a lot of the members have said um, because of the insurance crisis, they basically have told some of their property managers that 
we can't sign your contract because our insurance company won't allow it. Right. Which is true. We can't do that type of contract. So hopefully that pendulum is swinging where the property managers will recognize we won't be able to get that's right. uh, the service done in a professional way yeah, unless we have a fair contract. That's right. And, I mean, the reality is that, that uh, it's really a partnership. It's a, it's a collaboration, yep. right? It's, it's, uh, you, you can't just transfer um, responsibility to other parties either way, yep. right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah. so what else is going on? That's uh, a couple of the big things. Um, anything else? Um, that members should be thinking about or, or understanding about this issue. It is pretty complex. Um, I think we've probably touched a lot of the bases. Yeah, I, I mean, the the uh, right now, uh, it's it's just important to be politically active. Right. And uh, I mean, just to summarize, um, go visit about one uh, Bill 118. Uh, and also, uh, when the time is right, back this new legislation that we're pushing, right. which uh, we're calling it the New Hampshire model. Uh, but really what it is is kind of like an, a, a um, accredited smart about salt type of, of, of legislation with liability uh, protection. And the truth yeah. is, you know, as you see, uh, members have, uh, you know, the professionalism in the snow sector is, is gone so far. Oh, it's huge. Members are <laughs> so good at what they do. That's right. And yeah. they are professionals. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a way to recognize that and... and um, you know, I come from the uh, the green side, so I'm a horticulturist, and, and because uh, a lot of our members do snow, I've, I've, I've learned a lot about snow and ice and, and uh, the technology behind it. I didn't realize how much is involved from, from a, a research perspective, from a science perspective, from, from a, a professional perspective. I actually even know a, a, a PhD from Harvard that was trained <laughs> in snow and ice management. It's like it's uh, it's quite um, it's quite unique <laughs> and incredibly yeah. important too. And, uh, hugely important. Incredibly important. You know, can you imagine if, yeah. if our members couldn't do their work? Yeah. You know, it's 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 foundational. It's yeah. it's it's an emergency service, mm-hmm. uh, and it's also uh, you know, if if we couldn't remove the snow, what what would the economy do? Right? Exactly. Like, yeah. the economy. How would you get to the That's hospital? Right. <laughs> um, yeah. How would That's, a fire truck get to uh, to a, to a situation? It's, That's right. It's incredibly important. Yeah. It needs to be recognized in, in that yeah. way and thought of in that yeah. way. Um, the, yeah. the other thing I, I, I think should be underscored is is um, no no one thinks of the snow and ice operator, right? Like right. They, they don't. We take it for granted. Yeah. You know, we take for granted that our, our roads are cleaned and our our, our, our parking lots are cleaned, uh, but they don't clean themselves. No. <laughs> you know, and it's it's the uh, the member who who wakes up at two in the morning. Uh, and, and keeps it safe. And, they, you know, they, they deserve a lot of appreciation, a lot of thanks, a lot of recognition. Uh, so I'm, prou- I'm proud to be, be part Absolutely. of their team. I think that's so, part of why. It, it yeah. is so, it is such a, 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 really a sad situation that the, you know, the legislation and the legal culture has changed to put, put it in such a bind. That's it right. just sort of emphasizes that. Right. But really hoping that um, these measures that LO's taking part of it and really what the members are doing to, to reach out to their members of parliament, uh, provincial parliament, um, is gonna make an impact. Yeah, so and, and so do I. Uh, one thing that, that uh, I was very um, impressed with, I don't know if impressed is the right word, but, but the, uh, so at that meeting at Congress, um, you know, the, the, one of the members got up and said, you know, we should take all our, our trucks and go to Queens Park and protest, <laughs> right? And so, so I, I asked uh, the audience, well, how many would do that? Every single hand went up. They wanted to go to Queen's Park and yeah. surround the park with, with the uh, snowplows. Bring their equipment and come on down. I mean, so they so we, might, we still might have to do that. But, but at, at this point, uh, it's not, the government's actually uh, on our side. So, so let's let's keep doing the politicking first. For sure. And if we need to raise awareness by uh, shutting down Queens Park, then, then so be it. Yeah, cross that bridge. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. I think okay. this has been a, a pretty good overview of a pretty complex situation, a really serious situation. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we're optimistic. You can I can hear that in your voice, but it has been really hard. A lot of really hard situations uh, with people struggling, and that's uh, really unfortunate. But really trying to look at um, doing everything that LO can to yeah. to make an impact. Um, right. So I appreciate you, yeah, you laying it all out there today. Super. Awesome. Thank you, Scott.
And now our conversation with Garden Grove Landscaping President, David Lammers. Hey, David, thank you so much for joining us at uh, Landscape Ontario. It's really a pleasure to have you here. Uh, if you could start off telling us a little bit about yourself and, and your business as well. Happy to be here today, uh, Scott. Appreciate you having me. Uh, Paul and I started Garden Grove about 30 years ago. We're coming into our 30th year uh, in 2020. Um, for the first 10 years, our business was very residential focused. Uh, which started to change uh, 20 years ago. And that's where we really began to apply ourselves to the commercial market, uh, the commercial sector, providing landscape services to the commercial property owners, commercial property managers. So we really learned over the last 20 years and, and been part of the snow industry as it's continued to progress and grow uh, to where it is today. And so coming into our 30th year, we're quite excited. And, uh, and we, got, we got the fire to keep going. Congrats on 30 years. And how long have you been uh, been a member of Landscape Ontario? Hey, great question. Uh, <laughs> one that I'm really proud of. So we're coming into 25 years Good for you. of our membership here at LO too. So that's also exciting Fantastic. as we've seen LO grow. And, and I'll never forget my first trade show, my first Congress uh, at Hamilton Cops Coliseum. I felt like I was a rock star coming into a Landscape Ontario Congress at, uh, when, when it was over at uh, Cops Coliseum. So quite, quite a lot of memories there, Scott. That's great. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to chat with you uh, today is, um, you know, we're hearing from so many members that are in the snow, the snow space that uh, insurance liability issues, insurance costs have been, you know, really rising dramatically. Uh, is that something you've seen, you've heard about? What, what are your thoughts on that issue? Where do I start? <laughs> that is, uh, you've, you've hit a trigger. This is a trigger. Um, we, uh, we definitely are seeing a lot of change right now. Uh, as it relates uh, to insurance and liability, um, there's other other issues. Uh, you know, it's interesting, Scott. We look. I look back at the last 20 years into where we are today, and it's really in the last 10 years that we've seen a tremendous uh, change. You know, the 20 years ago, we were we were contractors who were providing a service, and and uh, as any Canadian would in this industry, right, for clearing snow and. We've seen a tremendous change over the years as the industry has developed and grown, um, adapting to the needs and the changing societal needs, really. Um, but that's why your question is such a trigger word right now. We, we never saw that as a trigger before as much as it is now based on how much society has changed. And uh, so I'm looking forward to unpack unpacking that a bit more with you here. Sure. Yeah. Why, why, do, you think, why do you think this is happening where um, insurance companies, uh, the rates are, are really rising dramatically, like I said. Uh, what have you seen? Why do you think it's happening? So we, we have a, um, a problem, and, and the problem is that our society uh, has really raised the bar on expectations. Uh, I like to joke around and say it's a crime uh, that it snows in Canada. Um, uh, forgive me for saying that, but that's how it feels. You know, we're, we're, we, we provided an honest service, and we can still, and we still continue to do that, but What's happened is society has changed so much that the property owner wants to now put all the responsibility on someone. They're looking for someone to blame. Um, that's also a problem in society today, right? Everyone's looking for someone to blame. Uh, and so as contractors, we become that blame on the property for having the property uh, in our care. And, and that, that is something that we have, uh, I'm going to be honest, we've allowed this to happen. Right. Um, it's been something that's been progressing over the years and getting worse and worse. Uh, insurance companies used to just remind us to keep our documentation in place. But we, we, weren't, we were surprised when we really started seeing the first lawsuits coming in um, already a number of years ago when it started. And, and quite surprised by it because we thought, honestly, we've done everything we could have done. What more could we do? And it came down to puddles that were freezing at night because it had rained and the next morning it froze. And right, it was all these little things. Yeah, but, we, but, but that puddle is because the asphalt's got a depression in it. Uh, yet we were being held liable for that responsibility, um, for that puddle. And so it, now it all comes down to due diligence then, right? And risk management. So we're hearing all these things now coming out more and more, right? On, on what we need to be doing to raise the bar as snow contractors. Yeah. What about, uh, I know we, before we started recording, yeah. here, we were talking about the hold harmless clauses on that side. Um, you know, what, what do you do? What, what can the industry do to, you know, n you know, not be held liable for everything right. on a property? Right. 
That's a great question and one that the industry members, right, owners, um, business owners need to start sitting down with the customer, sit down with the property owner, the property manager, and discuss these matters, discuss these hold harmless clauses. Contractors, um, we, we need to stop signing contracts that have clauses in them, such as hold harmless clauses. The problem is uh, we won't have any business if we don't sign these contracts. Right. So the problem is, is the laws need to change in Ontario in order for these uh, property con- these property managers to stop putting out contracts, these legal contracts that contain all the clauses that bind our organizations uh, to to the issues associated with slip and fall due to winter uh, winter weather. No, I guess yeah, I guess that's it. If you if you know if it becomes it's become the norm that uh, the property manager can find a company that's going to sign the hold harmless. Uh, I guess if you refuse to, is, is, is are we at a place now where it's hard to get, you know, hard to get that work, I guess? Um, I would say that this is the change that we're seeing in the industry. We're seeing companies go from um, being a day-to-day or a winter added service only to treating snow as their primary business. Um, that is one thing that we're doing in our organization is treating snow like it's a first priority and that it is a first priority. Uh, snow is an urgent business. It's a, it's an emergency response business. Right. It's uh, it's a community service. It's, it, it's one of these essential services that we're the first responders. We really are. And I was talking with a contractor this morning. I said, you know, it's harder and harder for us to be in this industry. Uh, we need to have a real survival mentality. Um, and we need to be able to, to uh, be strong to address the issues as well as the, the events that, that we deal with in our snow businesses. Uh, I think, Scott, the big thing is that we've seen a change for prof- of professionalism. So there are contractors out there who will sign these contracts that they will take on the liability. But the problem is, is the insurance companies are now no longer going to insure these companies that keep taking on that liability. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe that there needs to be a shared liability. We believe that as we continue to move forward as a professional snow ice industry, that we will partner with our, con- our customers, partner with our contracts, and have fair, um, fair clauses, mm-hmm. right? We need to be responsible for the things that we do. We, we got to take ownership of, of, of the right and the wrong. And if, we've, if we haven't done something that we were contracted to do, that's on us. But if, but if we're being sued for someone that's climbing over a snow pile yeah. um, to move from one, parking, one side of the parking lot to the other, we should not be held liable for these frivolous lawsuits. Yeah. Uh, for people that are deciding to, um, right, to do these things that, that the lawyers are now preying on uh, in Ontario the same way that we're seeing with our friends in the U.S. Yeah, I was speaking with, um, you know, uh, couple different people on this topic one was MPP Norm Mills who is uh, involved in the bill at 118 that uh, is looking at sort of standardizing sort of the statute of limitations for when a slip and fall claim can be made and by standardized I mean it's 10 days for municipalities it's been two years for everybody else he's looking at uh, legislation that would make it 10 days for everybody Um, and I was also talking to some folks in the insurance industry and they talked about that litigious culture that uh, seems to have really uh, you know, been growing in Southern Ontario and Canada. Well, we'll talk about our jurisdiction here in Southern Ontario. Um, is that something you've seen as well? What are your thoughts on, I guess you did allude to it a little bit, on just the fact that, you know, there is so many slip and fall lawsuits, for, even for things that, you know, common sense wouldn't think are right. reasonable. Right, right, like wear boots in the winter, right? Right. And, and just it's, because, sorry to interrupt, but uh, one of the things that uh, MPP Norm Mills said that I found very candid and, and sort of striking and maybe obvious, he said, you know, just because you've fallen, which is, you know, unfortunate, just because you've fallen, it doesn't mean it's the result of someone else's wrongdoing. Right. That seems common sense, but for some reason we've moved away from it, I guess. That's, that's right. As a culture. Anyways. That's right. It doesn't, it's not an indicator of negligence, right? Yeah. Correct. And I think that that's the point of this Bill 118 that's being put forward, which is a very important move uh, for the statute of limitations to be reduced from two years uh, to to 10 days. For someone in the province right now to be able to go back, in fact, this is what they hope for. They hope that by the time that two years is almost nearly passed, 
the contractor will no longer have his information. They will no longer have the data, right? The evidence, right? And, and to be able to stand their ground. And that's uh, not true for the professional companies uh, out there. We have the most technology and the most information available to us now than ever before. Uh, so can we get by in two years? Absolutely. But should we? No. You it's know what? Reasonable. It's not reasonable, agreed. And, and this is a big move right now. It doesn't mean that they can't fall. It just, it means that you're put on notice, right? It doesn't eliminate someone from being, it, it's just that if something happened, let it be legit, right? Let it be something like real that should be discovered, right? And, and they have 10 days to do it. And it's, and a, it's a very fair, it's a very fair bill. And, and especially for the contractor or the property manager to make sure that they have, you know, the proper documentation and that it's uh, yeah. just to make sure that they have a, a fair chance to, to present the, the facts of, That's uh, right. of what happened. So. Yeah, it it is. It's really important. I know, like I said, uh, spoke to Norm Mills recently, and he he stressed that you know he wants um, you know members of LO to everybody really that feels strongly about this issue to you know reach out to your MPP, uh, let them know that this is important to you. Um, so hopefully our our listeners and our community are doing that. I know we're we've been putting that message out there. Well, and and we were we connected with our local MPs and and uh, MPPs as well, and. Uh, on both fronts, federally, but also provincially, so that they understand the issues. Because what's happening here in the province is, it's not happening in the other provinces the same way. We're seeing this issue in Ontario. Um, in Quebec, they understand winter. They know what to expect, right? And, and most of the rest of the country is the same way. Um, I think the big thing here is that um, we, we need to continue to work together as an industry. Um, and I'm really glad that this Bill 118 has been put out. All members of Landscape Ontario should connect with uh, their local um, elected members and mm-hmm. and notify them of this opportunity to to uh, have this bill passed. So you you mentioned uh, or at least alluded to the fact that you know this the snow industry the snow profession it's really come a long way. Yeah. Can you talk about you know how how it's changed over your career and how it's you know the bar's really been raised the professionalism and some of the things you do. You know, to make sure to ensure success for your business and your clients. Wow, that's <laughs> that was a, big. Yes, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> uh, I think if I if I can just speak to people, process, right, Please. and uh, even sales. But you know, when we look at um, just the, the the equipment alone, so I'll speak to process first. Mm-hmm. Um, the the availability, the innovation, the the progression of products that are available mechanically to the industry is by far at an all-time high. We have the most equipment ever and technology ever available to us in the history of the industry. And the, the, the effectiveness of these tools is unbelievable. The, the way that we can plow snow now, the way that we can clean up a parking lot, the way that we can deal with walkways and de-icing through salt, uh, tr- you know, rock you know, treatment applications, liquid treatment applications, the technology available for tracking and geofencing properties and knowing when our people have been there, the video, the photo, like everything that's available is by far uh, at an all-time high. It's fascinating what we've seen uh, in the industry. And as a result, of course, our people now have tools and resources and information that they can lead with. They're able to have successful um uh, means by which they can can be professional snow contractors now, and that's that's what we're seeing is a a raised level of professionalism all around. So now anyone that's entering the snow industry can truly see this as a career. The equipment, right? The the all of the available resources, the technology, what all makes up the end service for our client. So that when we do their properties and map their sites out and provide engineered mapping. And, and all of the preseason, postseason inspections and video footage and, right? I remember when I would take pictures and I'd have to print them at, you know, Shoppers Drug Mart or something and, and wait for the, you know, wait for the photos to come back, you know, and pay $25 or whatever it was. Yeah. We don't have that anymore. And so at the snap of the finger right now, we have information available. Our clients could be in Chicago and they know that their sites are cleared here in Toronto. And that is awesome. So we've seen this tremendous shift. Yet at the same time, again, and I'll come back to this, we have the most issues facing our industry than ever before. It's ironic. The job's being done better than ever. <laughs> right. But the, but the issues on the liability front are, are probably worse than ever. It's and that's shame. why we're at a, I think we're at a, a pivotal moment. Uh, I would say it's a crisis moment. Yeah. I think we're at a crisis moment. Um, I, I, I'm actually not afraid to call it that. Yeah. 
Um, this is, uh, we're seeing a mega change right now. And it's not just in Ontario. This is in the U.S. It's been going on in the U.S. already. Uh, I do a lot of networking in the U.S. We're seeing these issues now in a very big way here. It's a crisis. So what do you, it, it's, it is a fairly complex issue. There, there's some moving parts to it. But what are some of the things you'd like to see? How do we start moving as a profession in the right direction to overcome this, this crisis? So I'm going to, I'm going to, I always say when I got one finger pointing out, there's three pointing back at me, right? right? So I always say, listen, uh, what, what do I need to do first? Because I got my finger pointing at change, but there's three pointing back at me. So as an industry, what do we need to continue to do to raise the bar? So I, I'm going to, I'm going to just speak to certification and training. Sure. So as we continue now to, to raise the bar, what are the three fingers pointing back? It's, it's about safety. We need, to, we need to improve safety within our organizations. If, if we don't treat safety first in our own companies, how can we expect our uh, client properties to be safe, yeah. right? So we need to take on a safety mindset. We need to take on a training mindset. It's really, really important. It's paramount that we spend more effort in training, safety and training, than ever before. Um, we need to give our people the tools that they need to be successful, right? Uh, a lot of, you hear a lot about train to retain. Right. We want to make sure that we're developing people and growing them. And that's my third thing, which is my third finger pointing back at me is developing careers. Right. Developing that professional mindset. Right. That growth mindset. We need to have a growth mindset in the industry right now. Um, when crisis hits. Right. It's a trial. Uh, what are we going to do to overcome that trial? Yes. Uh, the finger pointing forward is about liability change. Right. It's about hold harmless agreements being changed. It's about liability change. Right. Or legislative change. Yep. You know, it's about better, better uh, material uh, procurement, maybe for salt, right? We've been facing issues in the industry relating to salt mm -hmm. and salt procurement. So it's easy to point the finger forward, but what are we doing first to change at the same time? Yeah. And so I think these things have to happen in tandem so that when we go forward to legislation, uh, that I mean, whatever that looks like, listen, I mean, we're using more salt than ever before. Uh, I talk about salt procurement. The Part of the problem is, Again, it comes back to legislative change. Uh, I love what LO is doing right now with the Freshwater Roundtable. We, we hear of some of that happening from the, the, I know the snow sector is involved in that. We need to continue to reduce the chlorides that are going into the Great Lakes. We need to stop using salt the way we're using it. Right. And this is going to result through liability change. So it is paramount that we continue to, um, you know, uh, reduce salt consumption by uh, addressing the liability issue. Right. It's connected. Uh, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll go there a little bit and some of the things you've seen on that salt front. I know you're, you've been in, you've been quite involved in that issue. Could you mm. talk a little bit about, uh, where we're at today and uh, in terms of, uh, salt shortages and, and so forth? So there's a, there's a lot of, obviously a lot of salt that gets used in North America. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I forget the tonnage right now. It's it's in the millions of tons uh, every uh, every winter. Um, we have a lot of really good quality domestic mines, and the the issues facing the industry are not just liability, but we've also seen a change in the weather. Right, we've seen more extreme weather conditions. Uh, we're seeing a lot more freeze thaw cycles. We're seeing a lot more frequency of events. Right, right? last February was again another uh, month of solid ice uh, ice events. So. Combine that, you know, the weather issue with the liability issue and then add in a domestic supply issue where the mines can't keep up, mm -hmm. uh, not only keep up with production, but also they have their own issues, right? We've heard of the issues that have come from, from the domestic mines here. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, these, are, these, these are not helpful issues. Right. And uh, we understand business challenges. Uh, we all face them, right? Yep. But uh, I, think, I think, you know, we've seen a lot of um, people taking matters into their own hands. Uh, we are one of those companies who, who decided to do that and, and start doing our own procurement right. uh, and help anyone we could along the way that, that wanted to be part of our procurement process. Uh, the goal of that being to, to guarantee supply and to stabilize the price. Um, you know, when we look at domestic supply, uh, I was chatting with, with a fellow contractor recently and, and we both said, you know what, it just feels like when someone's not telling you the truth, then you, you, you assume that there's a lie. Yeah. And so we're all sitting here as contractors wondering what's the, what is the truth? Because right now we're not even hearing anything. Yeah. And so we, we need to start to get some answers and hopefully we're going to hear that. I don't know what the process is for that. 
Um, but uh, we're, we're definitely needing to see uh, more stability in salt procurement for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because even if um, you know use usage is, is you know is uh, limited, if it's uh, if we're able to get to a point where um, we're able to use less, um, you know, we're still going to need salt. It's still a val- it's still an yeah. incredibly important tool. That's uh, right. Yeah. They've been importing for years uh, in the eastern seaboard. Of course, that's how they do salt uh, on the East Coast. The Midwest has been bringing it up to Mississippi, right? But they, they've had issues uh, with the, the flooding. And uh, so, of course, the cost, right, of bringing in uh, internationally is, is, is so much more than, than what we are used to paying domestically. And again, I mean, this is all part of the change. This is all part of um, the issues facing the snow and ice industry. You know, I, I was thinking the other day, if we didn't have to spend time procuring salt, wouldn't that be nice? You know, if we didn't have to f- spend time dealing with all these liability and, and lo- you know, these, these slip and fall issues, right? Wh- where would we put our time? And maybe, maybe we wouldn't, you know, put it where it needs to be. But I, I believe truly that um, if we can control our, our procurement, right, and get more stability in salt procurement and more stability over the liability issues, we can focus more on our people. Yeah. We can focus more on our clients, right? We can focus more on our businesses, and we can continue to raise the bar. Um, and uh, I'm really excited about that. It's not as if it was a, wasn't a challenging business as it was, right. as it was with, uh, you know, seasonality to this part of the business, certainly. And and uh, you know, not knowing when a snow, uh, you know, not not being able to plan six months out on when a snow event's going to happen, um, but you throw in these other challenges, and it just didn't, yeah. like you said, it you, get, you have to have that survival mentality. Yeah. But but and, and yet, there's companies like Garden Grove that are that are thriving and and having so much success and, and doing such great work. What are you doing, or how 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 is that? How do you overcome these challenges? What are some of the things that you're doing to? Uh, to, to thrive in this industry? Well, I'll, uh, I'll first start by saying that um, I feel like we are the least of, the least of the greatest of these, <laughs> you know? Um, there are so many companies that, that we admire uh, that are so f- much farther ahead than we are. And uh, so thank you for that. But, <laughs> but at the same time, just truly humbled by, by the, the members even in our own province that, mm-hmm. that we admire. And that we continue to look to right as as the leaders in this industry um i believe that in order for us to grow we need to know um right i think it's really important that knowledge goes first right and anyone that wants to grow and so what our mantra is is to just continue to learn so we want to be a learning organization and what do we need to keep learning where do we need to keep uh improving and so our our focus has been Number one, it has been, we are a snow company, right? We're a grounds management snow company. But because of the nature of snow being so critical, I mean, don't get me wrong, the green industry is critical. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything we do there is critical. But we, have it, we, have, we can do sometimes something the next day, right? Or it can happen that afternoon. Um, with the snow industry, it has to happen that moment. And there is, there is when, the, when the snow hit on November 11th, you know, we hadn't seen a snow event like that in 83 years yeah. and in the province and uh, all actually for quite a bit of, of uh, the Midwest, too, uh, in the south. And when, when that hit, there is no wiggle room for error. Um, so we, we are saying we're snow first company. And so all of our systems, processes, training, sales, procurement, planning, it all comes back to that. Um, I was speaking with a colleague in the U.S. the other day. He said, I really feel like I've got it wrong. I said, what's that? He said, I've been focused so much on my landscape side of my business. He says, I've been putting first priority on that. But he goes, but every fall, I'm in trouble when, it, when, when the winter comes around. And he's running a multi-million dollar snow business. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. I said, our, our challenge has been the same challenge. And that's why we're making snow first. Snow first. Everything second. Everything else second from there. What? What? What keeps you going? What what um, what excites <laughs> you? What um, makes you wanna you know overcome all these challenges to uh, to succeed with the business? Uh, that's uh, I'm smiling right now. So for those of you who can't see me, I'm smiling. It's uh, that's that's a good question, right? Because when you're beaten up, right? How do you keep getting up, right? When you're down, you got to get up. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Some mornings I put my feet down on the floor when uh, when I get out of bed. And I just remind myself that there's someone who's dealing with something that's a bigger issue than I have. 
right? I always say I'm able to do right now what I need to do because someone's got something worse than I do. And I don't know what it is, but my problems are nowhere near as big as someone else's problem. And I'll tell you right now, that's, I'm kind of getting emotional actually, because it's so easy for us to get so focused on ourselves and, and the issues that we kind of like the, the blinders on, right? Like horse racing, you know, and then the line, you know, our, our eyes are on the pavement, you know, and we're following the line, but there's a lot going on that we're passing. And, uh, so Scott, for me, it's perspective. It's all perspective. It's, it's, it's seeing past the issues, right? Um, knowing that there's light at the end of the tunnel and, uh, Sometimes I say even it's like getting on an airplane, right? And, and seeing the issues from 40,000 feet, it totally changes the perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as, just as a last thing, I, I'd love to talk to you just briefly about some of the associations. Obviously here, uh, this is the Landscape Ontario podcast. Yeah. And you've been you know, quite active with our association. Uh, I know you're active with SIMA as well, and I think some others. Could you talk about why that's important to you and, and, and uh, some of the things you're you know, hope to be involved with, hope to be uh, seeing with associations in the future? Well, yeah, no, I'll tell you, the, the industry associations that we have, uh, not only here in the province, I'll start there first with Landscape Ontario. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, is, this is an industry association that is like none other. And uh, it's been wonderful to see over the years how Landscape Ontario has continued to progress uh, as that professional association for the industry. Um, the amount of the amount of uh, networking, sharing opportunities for learning, growing, being inspired. Um, this industry is uh, is unbelievable. I, we are one of the most beautiful and, and dynamic and uh, fruitful and exciting industries. Um, and so we we just have so much respect for for Landscape Ontario, the board uh, over the years, uh, Tony and his work. Uh, it's just been been phenomenal. We uh, we made a decision as an organization six or seven years ago just to to get outside the province, mm-hmm. um, make sure that we were learning here, but also to start learning elsewhere. Sure. And uh, when we when we launched our first trip to the U.S. and and uh, connected with Sima, uh, that for us was a big eye opener. Now, primarily because of our focus moving into snow, um, right? So you got to choose where where you go based on where you want to grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we just immediately saw a family of, um, of an inside of an industry. It was a family inside of an industry. And it was really cool to see the commitment to professionalism, knowing your numbers, tracking what you're doing, comparing, analyzing, right? Year over year analysis. Well, what market are you in? How much snow do you get? Do you guys plow by the inch or do you do by seasonal? Like... The questions, there was a, a grilling that was going on. We were being grilled. And it was awesome because we didn't have all our answers. We didn't know. And yet we really enjoyed the numbers. And a lot of our U.S. friends, and, and we see that a lot, you know, there, it's, an, it's a, hey, show us the numbers. And so we really learned quickly that this business of the, being in the snow business is, is about, A, networking, mm-hmm. um, B, learning in the networking, um, and C, knowing, <laughs> knowing our numbers and knowing and having our own uh, information that we could also start sharing. It was very much a give and take. We found very quickly that by um, immersing ourselves into the snow business family in the U.S., uh, that it was a very much a sharing, um, a sharing time. Mm-hmm. Sharing and caring, we developed yeah. a lot of really key relationships um that to this day are are ones that are just like they're almost like brothers and uh it's it's really special to to be able to go away from home and be at the trade shows or the conferences so sima has been amazing we have just absolutely seen tremendous fruit from being at sima and uh and getting to know all of our friends through sima and the sima team itself Mm -hmm. Uh, the other association that that exists in the u.s is the asca the accredited snow contractors association So we immersed ourselves in, in that group as well, which we found out very quickly there are two different groups, two different associations. Some, 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 there's some cross sure. relationship, but they're both existing for different purposes. Uh, Simon's there for the contractor uh, through and through all around, right? Training resources, tools, information, and, uh, and the networking power that's there. But then we say, yeah, but we look over to our friends in the ASCA and we see a group of a, a different level of professionals, larger companies, companies that are committed uh, to getting the job done in, in different ways, 
uh, as it relates to government affairs and legislative change and right. and what are the um, standards uh, within within our organizations that we need to adopt and so um, we've seen a lot of development both with SIMA and the ACA with ANSI standards mm-hmm. uh, with the American National Standards Institute uh, um, getting these accredited standards that we can then here in Ontario um, adopt uh, for the snow and ice industry. And I know that the uh, sector group's been working as well with that and, and uh, the, the best practices uh, guidelines that have been put together for the snow and ice industry. And so uh, we're, when we answer this question, it's all about training and certification. So what is the certification process that we can go through? And so with SIMA, there's there's an amazing CSP and ASM program. Mm-hmm. And with ASCA, there's, there's the uh, awesome ASCA uh, level one, two, and three program for accreditation and so what are the certifications again available to our people for learning and so we want to keep raising the bar that's why we went to the u.s Uh, we found that getting outside of the box that'll give us the perspective looking back home again for what we need to do to change yeah that's fantastic and it all comes back to you know being employee focused as you mentioned before with the training and certification and improving you know management as well as as right down to everybody in the company and it makes such a big difference yeah Uh, uh, for your clients in the end and, and just a win-win for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe we'll leave it there. I think we touched on, I mean, there is so many topics in the snow business that we could touch on. Uh, I think we'll leave it there. Um, I really appreciate you coming in and, and being so open and chatting about these topics. Um, as you say, there, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of challenges, but there's t- just as many opportunities. It's an amazing business to be in. Agreed. Um, and I, I just am so grateful that you came in and shared some of your uh, your thoughts on these topics. It was my pleasure. Very good. Thanks, David.